We are speaking on the topic of waiting. Specifically, we're talking about the purpose, the purpose of waiting. Waiting, 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 waiting. Uh, waiting is, is uh, such a common part of life, isn't it? We, we wait for a lot of things. Um, I, I would like to say that a lot of us are not very good at waiting. Uh, I think, uh, generally speaking, as humans, uh, we tend to try to avoid waiting. Or if we find ourselves waiting, uh, we, we get annoyed. Traffic, for example, hallelujah. Has anybody ever heard of road rage? Why do we road rage? Because of waiting, waiting. Because <laughs> of the delay. I want to get home, but I'm stuck in traffic and it's stressful. Uh, Koreans, Koreans do not like to wait for the crosswalk. You know, that was one of the craziest experiences when I came to Korea. I was like walking along with my friend who, you know, has been living in Korea for, for a while. And then, and then the person just started sprinting like crazy. I was like, where are you going? And, and they're like, it's because the crosswalk is green right now, right? It's, it's white or whatever. It's like you can walk right now. And they sprinted. And I saw all these other Koreans sprinting towards the crosswalk because they didn't want to wait uh, for it to turn, you know, you know, it's not green, right? This traffic's green, but crosswalk is uh, white. But they, they didn't want to be able to, they didn't have to, they didn't want to wait, you know. Elevators, right, in Korea is notorious, you know. People do not want to wait for you to get on, right? I don't know how many times I've been walking towards a Towards an elevator, there's somebody already in the elevator. Once they see me, they start clicking. I, I thought they were being polite. I thought they were very nice. I thought they were trying to keep the door open. I thought they were, you know, pushing the open door button. But instead, of course, they were, they were furiously, furiously clicking the close button. Why? Because they didn't want to wait. They didn't want to wait for me. <sighs> But that's just us, right? That's, that's how we are as humans, right? Waiting is uh, not the most enjoyable or most, uh, you know, fun thing to do, you know. If we can, we would rather not wait. Um, but the truth is, is that there are a lot of things that we wait for in life. Um, and as Christians... There could be many things that we're waiting for. In fact, we're talking about purpose and calling. Some of you are maybe waiting uh, to, to be able to be in a position or in a place so that you can uh, actively live what you believe is your calling. You know, it's like, when will my calling start? When will I, when will I be able to pursue my dreams? Uh, when will I be able to, or, or maybe there's things you're waiting to know, like what am I supposed to do with my life? Or, or maybe you're a college student and you're waiting to try to figure out what to major in. Maybe you've already changed your neighbor. <laughs> maybe you've already changed your neighbor. Maybe you have already changed your major uh, like five times already. Uh, maybe you're single. Maybe you're single, waiting, waiting for that one. Um, Perhaps there are things that you're praying for. There are things that you've been praying for for a while. Uh, and, uh, and you're wondering when. God, when will you answer? When will these things happen? Uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in John chapter 5. And, and it tells the story of a, a man at the pool of Bethesda. And uh, these, the, the story goes that people were gathered at the pool of Bethesda because they believed that you know, I think once a year an angel would come and, and touch the waters. And when you saw the waters move, the first person to get into the water would be healed. And so you can imagine that there were uh, many, many sick people, many, many, uh, you know, people with uh, physical ailments and, and, and uh, major physical problems or sicknesses who were gathered around and and when the water was stirred, they would all rush to be the first one in. And, and there was a guy who was there, and it says that he had been in that condition for 38 years. You know, he had been, 
he had been in that condition for 38 years and, and he had been waiting. In fact, some of us, more of uh, our older brothers and sisters who are maybe watching more, more on my end or older, you, you know what it's like that you could have something you've been waiting for, not just one year, but five years, 10 years. I know there's things in my life I'm still waiting on 20 years or 30 years. And so waiting is a big part of our life and waiting can be tough. Even when you say you're waiting on God, it still can be something that's very challenging. It can be something that is very discouraging at times. I mean, we want to believe that, that uh, God is going to answer and he's going to keep his promises, but we're humans, aren't we? We're humans, and it's okay to be able to admit that it's hard uh, to wait on God, and sometimes we don't want to wait, and we want to quit waiting on God to to show what we're looking for or to answer with what we're hoping for him to answer with. But I think one of the keys to helping us to persevere in waiting, to help us to wait well, you know, uh, when I say wait well, what I mean is that we, not that we struggle, that, not that we don't ever struggle, because we think waiting well means, you know, I'm just always so sure, you know, and I'm always full of joy. And I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of waiting well, because again, we're humans. And there can be times when we get down there. There can be times when we want to give up. And there can be times when we feel defeated. And that's okay. God's grace is enough for those moments. Hallelujah. God understands. God gives us grace. He, gives, he doesn't chastise us. He doesn't punish us or reject us just because we're weak. In fact, God says the opposite. When you're weak, I'm strong. In your weakness, my power is made perfect. Amen? But what we do want to do is we want to try to wait well, meaning we want to be able to wait with perseverance and, and wait uh, with a good attitude. And I think uh, perhaps one of the things, one of the keys that will help us to wait well is to know that God has a purpose for waiting. God has a purpose for waiting. There is a purpose for your waiting today, you know, and that's good. That's good news. That's encouraging. Right? It means that your waiting is not useless or meaningless. There is a reason. There's a purpose. There are things that God is actively uh, doing and working through our waiting. Amen? And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to share with you uh, at the top as we begin. I want to share with you five. There could be more, but five purposes of God for your waiting. Again, this could be anything. Whatever you might be waiting for, especially major things in life, I believe that these five purposes can apply to your situation. All right, number one. The first purpose of waiting, the first purpose that God has for us when it comes to uh, his timing and, and making us wait, is that waiting brings us into alignment brings us into alignment. So waiting, right, helps to put us in alignment with God's timing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. I'm going to read from the NLT version. It says, Yet God, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. I want you to perhaps circle or underline that part. I want to emphasize that. He makes everything beautiful. Notice that. He makes everything beautiful. Amen. Amen. He makes everything beautiful. God never fails. Every promise he has ever made, he always keeps. God has never failed. He never will fail. He makes everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I want to emphasize that part for its own time. God has a timing for things. Right? And especially big things, especially important things. God has a timing of blessing for every important thing in your life. There's a timing of blessing. A timing of blessing. There's a timing of blessing for every important thing in your life. See, He doesn't want to just let anything happen in your life. See, God loves us and cares for us so much that He puts a good, wonderful, right timing 
on the most important things in our life. And, and in fact, that could apply even to some of the things that we may not even think that's important. And, uh, you know, that, that can apply to even shopping. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this story really quick before I forget it, because uh, I remember a time when I was going shopping and, uh, you know, there was something I wanted to buy. And as I was grabbing that item, I felt really in my heart, like, don't buy it. Right? Don't buy it right now. I was like, God, is this you? And I just really felt strong. And, and uh, I, literally, I literally did a prayer walk in the store. I, I took the item and I started walking around praying. I was like, is this God? I feel for some reason God's telling me not to buy this thing. Am I being materialistic? I thought I was like, maybe it was a rebuke. Maybe it was like bad to buy stuff. And uh, so finally, after prayer walking for maybe 10 minutes, I, I decided, okay, you know what? Let's try this out. Let's see if this is God and let's just trust the Lord. And so uh, let's try to be obedient to this. So I put it back and I didn't buy it. And then I, I think like uh, literally the next day, I had another reason to come back to that same store for, for something else. And I came back and as I went into the store, I thought of that thing that I didn't buy the day before. And I was like, let's just take a look at it, you know? And so I went, you know, I was like, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it unless the Lord says. And I picked it up, and guess what? It was on sale. And right when I saw it on sale, I was like, God, is this why you told me no? And he's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. He's like, you can buy it now. I'm going to buy it now. See, God has a timing for your life. Why? Because he's a good God, and he loves you. Right? He doesn't delay things because he hates you. He doesn't delay things because he's punishing you. No, he has a timing, right? The timing, the fact that God puts a timing on things in our life shows that he cares because he wants the things to happen at the best time, at the most ideal time, when the right things all come into play, right, for you. Amen? So he makes everything, everything beautiful for its own time. There's a timing for your studies. There's a timing for your success. There's a timing for your relationships. There's a timing to get married. There's a timing for, for the prayer that you're praying. There's a timing for, for doors to be opened, opportunities that you're waiting for, right? Some of you are, are trying to, you know, you're waiting for something to happen, but it seems like the door closes every time. It feels like every time you, you, like you're looking for a job and you get rejected every single time. But guess what? That rejection is not rejection. It's just God's time. Timing. Hallelujah. Right? See, you can have a new attitude, a new perspective on life. You don't see rejection as rejection. You just see it as God's sovereign hand upon your life to lead the timing of your life. Because you say, okay, if God is not letting me get this job right now, if this job turned me down, it really wasn't the job turning me down. It wasn't say it wasn't them saying I wasn't qualified. It was God saying, They this opportunity is not good enough for me right now. Hallelujah. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough for the opportunity it's just that the opportunity wasn't right for me god has a timing he makes all things beautiful in its time because he loves you he loves you and he's blessing you with the best habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says this for still the vision awaits what it's appointed time he puts an appointed time on the vision, on the calling, on the purposes, on the promises, on the plans of your life. He puts an appointed time because he loves and he cares and he wants the best for you. Amen? Right? It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, if it seems slow, gosh, man. Right? See, if you feel like you're waiting, you're not alone. Right? If it seems slow, you're not alone. Right? It, it's natural to feel frustrated. It's natural to feel like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. That's natural. Don't feel condemned. Don't feel like you're this impatient person. No, God says, yo, I understand when you feel frustrated. I know what it feels like when you, oh, this is taking forever. Right? When it seems slow, still wait for it. Wait for it. Right? It'll go, it's going to be worth it in the end. Why? Because it will surely come. It will surely come. It will not delay. Can I say this? God has never failed to answer anybody who's waiting. Amen. 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 He has never failed to come through. He has never failed to answer those who wait. But there are those 
who have failed to get the answer because they failed to wait. Do you understand what I'm saying? So perhaps the reason why you're not getting the answer is not because God is not answering, it's because we are failing to wait, right? But if you wait, God never fails because he says, wait for it because it will surely come. It will surely come. It will not delay, right? So again, waiting puts us in sync with God's timing. It puts us on God's schedule. See, a lot of times we're like, I want this to happen here. I want this. Have you ever done that? A lot of people do that. In fact, people will say, this is what, I mean, if you're a responsible human being, if you want to be a responsible adult, you should have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. You should be like, I'm going to do this by this age. I'm going to do this by this age and blah, blah, blah. Well, number one, here's good news. It's not in the Bible. Right? There's nothing in the Bible that says if you want to be a responsible adult, uh, you should have a schedule for your life and say, I'm going to do this by this time. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get a job by this time. I'm going to do this by this time. In fact, instead of saying that, the Bible says, trust God. Amen. Trust God. Trust God. Don't move by your timing. Move by God's timing. Amen. Don't move by the timing the world tells you that you should be doing this or have this and succeed here and have a career here, be married and have a home by that time. No, don't live by the world's timing. Live by God's timing. And your timing can be different than his timing or her timing or your neighbor's timing or your friend's timing or your parents' timing. You know what I mean? And it can be so tempting to say, oh, I want my life to happen like that. No, you know what's even better? is to experience God's timing for you. Amen? God has a timing for everything in its own time. That includes you. And so when we wait, amen, when we wait in that time when I'm like, oh, I want this to happen now, but you just wait. You decide to persevere through that frustration. When you, see, let, let me tell you, if you're going through that frusta- frustration, God's proud of you. You see what I'm saying? If you're going through the frustration of waiting, it means you're waiting. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes the frustration is our offering to God. Sometimes our frustration is the worship. Sometimes our frustration is a sign you're doing the right thing, right? Because if you weren't waiting, you wouldn't be frustrated or you wouldn't feel lost, right? Sometimes these negative feelings are actually a good sign that you're doing the right thing, right? That you get down, you feel lost, you feel confused. Am I doing the way? Is it going to happen? But you know what? That means you're in the waiting and that means you're being put on schedule with God's timing. Amen? Amen. So waiting, that's what God does. He uses our waiting to put us on schedule with His plans, with His timing. Amen? Number two, waiting grows our surrender. Of course, that's very important, right? If you're going to wait on God, if you're going to, if you're going to be on His schedule, what does that mean? You've got to set aside your schedule. Right? You've got to set aside your sense of timing. And in fact, in some ways, for some of us, we've got to die right, to the voices inside of us or around us. Because there could be voices that say, you should be married by now. Or you should be doing this by now. What are you doing? You should, you know, hey, don't you know? You don't have much time, right? It's time for you to go do this. It's time for you to go do that. You know, uh, in Korea, you move around a lot, right? You move around a lot, uh, which is kind of different than America, at least my experience in America, right? I think we moved every like seven or 10 years, right? Here, it's like you move every like two years because, you know, we all live in apartments and it's, and it's fast, you know? And so, I found that there's a culture of moving in Korea and they have this timeline. It's like three months out, you got to do this. Two months out, you got to do this, right? And uh, I'll ha- have these people around me. It's like, hey, we got to start looking for homes and blah, 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 right? Which is great. And I'm not trying to tell you to be irresponsible. Please, don't ever mistake that. I'm, try- I'm not telling you to be deliberately irresponsible. But there will be times when I feel like, you know what? We don't need to freak out. We don't need to worry about it right now. That's what I'm saying. We don't need to be anxious about it. Be like, well, well, we're running out of time. We don't need to be anxious about it. I feel from God, God's timing. And every time we try to follow God's timing, God has always come through for us. Amen. Now, the important part of that, though, is surrender. Surrender. So this is one of those chicken and egg situations. What came first, the chicken or the egg, right? What comes first, God's, God's timing or your surrender, right? See, you need surrender in order to follow God's timing. But it also works in reverse that the more you try to follow God's timing or the more you try to wait on God, the more you wait on God, the more your surrender grows, right? And so that's something, that's a purpose that God is working through your waiting. As you're waiting, God is growing your surrender. 
surrender, right? He is growing our submission to God, right? See, waiting on God demonstrates that we have made God the boss, right? There used to be this TV show uh, back in the day. It's called Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss? God's the Boss, right? Who's, who's, who's running my life? Who's determining my timing? Who's determining the plans of my life? I say it's God. Now, see, you may be thinking, right, oh, but I'm not a very good Christian. I'm not very good at following God. I'm not very good at obeying God. Surrender is not about your ability to to. to to, to do everything God says to do. That's obedience, right? Surrender is a little different, right? Surrender is like when you put the clay into the potter's hands, right? And say, now you, O potter, you shape it. You make it however you want to make it. See, the clay doesn't shape itself, right? See, that would be like, you know, oh God, I will shape myself. I surrender. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't do that, right? I will obey you, God. I will do everything you tell me. Do you want me to look like a peacock? I will look like a peacock, right? No, the clay cannot shape itself. Surrender is saying, okay, God, I am through trying to shape my own life, whether, whether I'm trying to shape my life by my plans or me trying to shape my plans by, shape my life by your plans. See, some of you, you're trying to shape your life to fit God's plans, right? That's not the gospel. The gospel is this. You cannot shape yourself, right? Right? And in your weakness, God's power is made perfect. He's the potter and we're the clay. And so surrender means this, God you have your way. Hallelujah. God, you shape me. You change me from the inside out. See, the gospel is not about outward behavior modification. The gospel is about inner desire transformation. He transforms the desires of our heart. He transforms our thinking. Amen. From the inside out. And that's surrender. It's saying, God, man, I'm really terrible at following your timing. I'm really terrible at waiting. But still, I want to wait. That's surrender. Surrender is a statement of desire set on God. I desire to follow your ways, O God, even though I can't. I desire for your will to be done, even though I keep ruining it. Oh God, help me, Lord. Oh God, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, whatever it takes, have your way in me. Amen? That is surrender. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He, He will be the one to make your paths straight. Amen? I trust God that even though I am terrible at loving Him, He still loves me. I trust God that His mercy and grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. I trust God that where my sin increases, His grace increases all the more. I trust God to love me when I'm up, and I trust Him to love me when I'm down, right? I trust God, and I do not lean on my strength. I do not lean on my own understanding. I depend on him that's surrender that's surrender amen and so again waiting does that right as I'm waiting as I'm wrestling as I want to follow my own timing or other people's timing or the timing that I think should happen right each day is a day for dying surrendering dying to self praying to God asking him help me to keep waiting help me to keep waiting help me to keep waiting help me to be patient help me to be persevering right that's surrender guys surrender is not this one time statement God I surrender to you no it's not static it's dynamic it's dynamic surrender is something you got to struggle to do almost every moment right it's a choice you make every second right so if you struggle to, to stay surrendered, that, that's not, that doesn't mean you're not surrendered. The struggle is the surrender. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? The struggle to be surrendered, that is what it means to surrender. Right? Loving my wife is not this static thing. It's something I have to do and commit to do every moment, every day, especially when we drive each other crazy. Hallelujah. Right? Every time, whenever we get on each other's nerves, right? It's, it's, it's this dynamic process. It's this choosing. It's this growing continually. Amen. Amen. So waiting grows our surrender. Number three, waiting trains our faith. It trains our faith. It grows our faith. But in another word for faith, of course, is trust.
trust, right? It's, it's growing our trust in God, right? Because if you don't trust God, right, how are you going to trust His timing? How are you going to wait on Him, right? But if you trust God, if you know He's good, and if you know He, he wants the best for you, if you trust that, if you have faith for that, then you're going to say, okay, I'm going to try to wait on God, right? I'm going to wait on God because I trust Him. Now, again, this is that chicken and egg scenario where if we have faith, we wait. But also, waiting grows our faith. In the time of waiting, in that, in that seeming delay, right? In that time where it seems like God has delayed, right? Why is He doing that? Why? Because He's growing your trust, growing your faith. He's like, do you really believe that I'm good? Do you really believe I'm a good father? Do you think I'm just trying to torture you? <laughs> do you think I'm just trying to make your life miserable? Or do you believe there's a purpose as to why it's not happening yet? Do you believe there's a reason, a good reason, a divine, the best reason possible for why you are waiting? If you believe that, right? That's part of the whole growing experience. See, God wants us to not just have faith in theory. He wants us to have real faith. Amen. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about theory? You know, it, it's, it's like a person, for example, maybe like the army, right? Like you can study war. You can study battles. You can study tactics and things like that. And, you know, you're in your school, you know, your safe little school where there's no guns and there's no, nobody shooting at you. But it's quite different, right, when you're on the battlefield, yeah. Right, right. It's, it's it's quite different, right? When when you're there, you know. So, so it's it's one thing to have this plan and say, oh, this plan will work. But then you get on the battlefield and everything just goes, you know, everything everything goes, you know, uh, all hell breaks loose and the plan is all messed up and things like that, and and it's not tested, you know. It's not tested is what I'm saying, you know. And and. Um, and, and what God wants is for us to have real faith, not just classroom faith, but real faith. Not just, oh, I, I, I trust in God in my heart. No, he wants you to actually exercise your faith. He wants your faith to be tested because as your faith is tested, that's how it becomes more and more real because you experience. See, there's this word in the Bible that we love at Joyful City. It's this word called gnosko. Gnosko. Gnosko is a word for experiential, experiential knowing of God. You don't just know God by theory. You don't just know God in your head. No, you actually know God because you lived life with God. You experienced. When, when you repented, you really believed that He forgave you, and, and that's experiencing His forgiveness. Or when you prayed and He answered you, that is experiencing right, God in your life. And, uh, and so when it comes to waiting, waiting is an opportunity to be able to experience, to, to have a real life experience of God in your life, which gives you real faith, kenosko faith. Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, it says, I waited patiently, patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Amen. So again, right? He's saying, I waited patiently for the Lord, right? And at the end, he says, many will trust Him, right? Why is he saying, many will trust him, right? Why? Because he waited, and when he waited, God answered. You see? The waiting was answered. And so through waiting, after waiting, he got the answer. He realized, ah, God does come through. The waiting is worth it. God does always answer those who wait. Amen. Right? See, he tried it out. He actually tried it out. Okay, let's, let's wait on God and see if this really works. And then it worked, right? That's Gnosko. And now he says, yes, that's right. It's good to wait on God, right? Put your trust in God, right? It's worth it. Trust the Lord, right? Because he does come through, right? Some of you are only trying to trust God in theory because you're too scared to wait. You're always trying to do things on your own strength. But you got to make room for God. you got to wait on God for some things so that he can show up in your life. And when he shows up in your life, you say, ah, that's right. That's God. He's real. He gave me a real answer. Amen. Amen. 
right? So waiting gives room for us to experience God's goodness in our life. I waited on the Lord, and then he answered. And because he answered, my faith has grown through real experience, through gnosko with God, amen? So faith, I'm sorry, waiting trains our faith. Number four, number four. Are you blessed today? Are you blessed today? If you're waiting, you're blessed, right? If you're waiting, it means you're a blessed person because God has a blessed timing for your life. So somebody saying, I'm blessed in the chat. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Number four, fourth purpose that God has, the fourth thing that God is doing or accomplishing through your waiting is this. Waiting deepens, deepens intimacy through purifying. I'll say that again. See, God is deepening your intimacy. He is deepening your relationship with Him through purifying, through purifying. Now, last week we talked about the refiner's fire, right? That one of the purposes for all situations is how God will, will refine us and purify us, right? And the refiner's fire, of course, is not always, is, is not a pleasant thing, right? We're talking about tough situations, difficulties. We're talking about the wilderness, right? And, and the thing about the refiner's fire is that, right, when it comes to gold, as we mentioned last week, right, gold has impurities inside of it. And then you put it in a fire as the gold begins to melt, right? How many of you feel like you're melting in life today right now, right? You're just melting under the weight of pressure and stress, right? You feel like your strength is melting, right? And, and, and so don't, don't, don't. Don't be discouraged, right? Right? The melting is good, right? And uh, so as the gold melts, right, the, the impurities begin to rise to the surface. And, and then the, those impurities are, are, uh, are, are removed, right? And so that's what happens when waiting, right, is that we're in the fire of waiting. And sometimes things that are inside of us will come out, things like impatience, right, or lack of faith, um, but in particular, things that, that has to do with our relationship with God, how we really see God, how we really relate to God, those things can come to the surface as well, right? Um, there's a story that I, that I heard uh, where uh, there was this preacher and uh, she was having coffee and then this person came up to her and, uh, and I, I think this person was not wasn't a very happy person. You could tell that this person was a bit of a bitter person, right? Kind of came with an attitude and, and came up to the person and said, Preacher, I want you to answer a question for me. And I hope you do a better job than other pastors because I'm sick and tired of all the, of these other pastors because they keep giving me the same answer and it does nothing for me, right? So you could tell this person has got a bit of an attitude. And, and, uh, and so this person... You know, a bit of a bitter person. We'll just call him Bitter, bitter Bob. Bitter Bob. Bitter Bob was, uh, was like, here's something I don't understand. I have been a good Christian my whole life. I have done all the right things. I've done all the right things. Now, I've got brothers and sisters in my family who are not good Christians, who don't follow God, and they do all the wrong things. And what happened was, what happened was, was that my brothers and sisters, who, who their whole life didn't do the right things, right, they got into the college they wanted. And then after that, they all got the jobs that they wanted. But not me, right? I didn't get, I didn't get accepted to the colleges that I wanted to go into. And I didn't get the jobs that I, that I wanted to get. And you know what happened? Bitter Bob said that he stopped going to church because of that. He stopped going to church. Why? Because he was mad at God. He was mad at God. He was like, why, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to my life, right? I did all the right things, and you didn't bless me. You didn't give me the things that I wanted. And... Uh, and the answer that a lot of pastors was giving to this person was, oh, it's okay. You are in a waiting season. You're in a waiting season with God. And this person was like, no, right? I'm sick and tired of that answer. No, 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 no. I did the right thing. I deserve the right blessings, right? Now, do you see that this person was in a waiting 
season for the things that he or she, that bitter Bob was waiting for, things that bitter Bob was, was, you know, the blessings that bitter Bob expected. Right now he's waiting and there was this delay. But in that delay, he went through the fire. And all of a sudden, these, these bad attitudes, these negative, right, feelings and thinkings began to show. And you know what really showed was the way Bob really saw God. The way Bob saw God, it, 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 it proved that he did not, Bob didn't have a personal, loving, father-son relationship with God. No, Bob treated God as a boss, right? He saw Bob, Bob saw God as an unfair boss, right? I did the work, you should pay me. I did this, you should do that, right? See, Bob had a transactional relationship with God, a servant relationship with God, a worker relationship with God. He saw God as a means to an end. He saw God as the one who blesses me when I do the right things, right? But see, relationship says, no, God is my blessing. Hallelujah. God is my reward. God is, right? He is my satisfaction. And through the waiting, Bob's heart was being exposed. See, God was, God was trying to show Bob, see, Bob, you, you don't have a right relationship with me. You don't have a, you, you have the wrong concept when it comes to me. You don't see me as father, you see me as a boss. And now, you don't just see me as a boss, you see me as an unfair, bad boss. Because you say, I do this, you do that. I do this, you do that, right? That's religion, ladies and gentlemen. That's religion, right? That's, that's the prodigal son story when it comes to the older brother, right? The older brother, right, he got mad. He got mad because he, he was like, Dad, how can you give a party to the son? He did all the wrong things and he gets blessed. I did all the right things and you never gave me a party. See, that's the attitude of religion, right? Uh, religion, <laughs> listen to this, religion is in the relationship for themselves, Right? They're in the relationship for what can I get out of this relationship. I'm not in this relationship for you. I'm in this relationship for me. <laughs> I'm in this relationship. I'm doing these things for what can I get out of these things. I'm not doing these things because I love you. I'm doing these things because if I do this, you should do that for me. Right? That's the religion attitude. And maybe that's why you're in the waiting time. Because God, God knows that the greatest blessing is not anything in this world. The greatest blessing is not any answered prayer. The greatest blessing is God himself, Amen. right? And the sooner you become satisfied in God, the sooner you will be satisfied in life. Amen. The sooner you become completely joyful in God, the sooner you will be joyful in anything in life, anything. Good situation, bad situation. That's the key to having peace in the storm. That's the key to having peace when all hell breaks loose. Jesus was sleeping in the boat, <laughs> ladies. He was sleeping. How can he sleep during a storm? Because he had that peace <laughs> inside. Even though there was so much, even though there was so much chaos on the outside, he had peace on the inside. This is why some of you you go on vacations, you you rest, and yet you're still tired on the inside. Real peace is not about your physical body. It's not about what you have or you don't have. It's not about how big your house is. It's not about how much money is in the bank, right? Because one day, some of you are thinking, man, if I just have enough money, I will not be stressed anymore. But guess what? That's not real peace. You can have all the money in the world and still your soul will be empty. Your soul will find a reason to be discontent, right? You can have the perfect husband. You can have the perfect marriage. You can have everything. Everything in life will be perfect, but your soul will still be empty. Why? Because your soul was made for God. Your soul was made for Jesus. Your soul was made to be completely satisfied in Him and Him alone. Amen? And see, that's, that's the thing, is that when we, when we get rid of those false concepts or our wrong attitudes and our wrong perspectives of our relationship with God, then we become closer to God. See, you see what I'm saying? When, when we have servants, attitudes, slave attitudes, it prevents us from really, truly experiencing God. Some of you, you've gone to church your whole life, but you haven't experienced the divine joy and the divine pleasure of being close to God. I don't know how many people throughout the years at, at our church, I, I've had people come to me and, and say, man, I've been a Christian my whole life. I've gone to church my whole life. And I've heard people tell me, right, God, Jesus loves me but this is the first time in my life that I really know it. 
that I really feel it, right? And you can see the joy in their life. You can see the happy. You can see the freedom in their life. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for you. So perhaps the, the reason why you're in a waiting season is God is putting you through that purifying so that He can you bring you into a place of greater joy and greater freedom. Amen? Amen. All right, number five. What time is it? 3.03? Let's get this party started. No, no, not started. Ended. All right, number five. All right, the fifth thing and, uh, yeah, the fifth thing, the fifth thing, the fifth purpose that God is accomplishing through your waiting is this. God is preparing something greater. Amen. God is preparing something greater in that time of waiting. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4, NLT version, it says, For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. The God who works for those who wait for him, right? Do you see what the verse is saying? They're saying, there is no God like this. Of course, there is no other gods. There is only one God. But even all the false gods, even, even though they're false, they still can't compare to this real God because guess what? All other false gods, they expect people to work for them, right? Right? All other religions, it's about us working for God. Now, as Christians, we work for God, we serve God, we submit to God, we surrender to God, we follow to God, right? Amen, right? But the beauty of Christianity is that that's not it. That's not all of it. That's not all of it. There's another side to this. Our God works for us. God works for us. God serves us, right? Not as a slave. <laughs> not as a servant. He's not a servant. He's the king who serves, like a parent taking care, serving, right, their children. God works for us. And who does he work for? He works for those who wait for him. So listen to this. Listen to this. While you are waiting, God is working. Amen? While you're waiting on God, God is working for you. He's preparing things that you cannot see. He is putting things in alignment that you do not know of, right? Things and people that are all going to come in alignment at the perfect time. He is working behind the scenes, right, for you. So that when the thing that you're waiting for does happen, it's going to happen in the best possible time, in a way that is even greater than you can imagine. Amen? See, think about Joseph, right? Joseph, he had the dream. He had the vision. He had the promises, right? He had dreams of his greatness, how God was going to use him, of his great destiny and great calling, right? But it's not just enough to have the purpose. It's not just enough to have the calling, right? What's important is God's timing. What's important is God's timing. Even Jesus had God's purpose, but he had to wait for God's timing, right? Jesus didn't begin to minister until he was 30 years old. Do you, do you get that? The Son of God, even he had to wait. Even the Son of God had to wait, right, for the right timing, right? And Joseph, right, he has the calling, he has the vision, he has the dreams, but then he has to wait. And not, does, not only does he have to wait, but man, his waiting was tough, wasn't it? He went through hell, right? His waiting looked like hell, man. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was put into prison based on a lie, based on false accusations, right? right? But the whole time he was waiting, God was working. God was working. He was putting things in alignment. He was putting the right people in the right place and he was putting in the right situations, right? He was working it all together so that at the right time, you know, Joseph met the baker and the cupbearer at the right time. These guys, right, one died, one went to the king and at the right time, the cupbearer told the king after the king had these dreams and he said, cannot anybody interpret these dreams? And the cupbearer says, I know somebody. He's in the prison and his name is Joseph. At the right time, God brought Joseph out of the prison to meet Pharaoh at the right time. Joseph interpreted the dreams at the right time. Pharaoh declared Joseph to be the second most powerful man in the most powerful nation on earth. God is working, hallelujah, for the right time. So he said, God is working. God is working. God is working 
for me, to bring it all together for something greater, right? He was positioning, right? He was positioning Joseph in the right position, right? So right now, if you're waiting, it's because God is working and he's putting you in the right position to appear and for things to happen at the right time with the right people so that the best, most amazing, for the greatest miracles can happen in your life, amen? Let me tell you this. If you're going through a great waiting, if you're going through a long waiting, I believe this. The greater the waiting, the greater the glory. Amen? The greater the waiting, the harder the waiting, the longer the waiting, the greater the glory God is preparing for you. Amen? The waiting is a sign, ladies and gentlemen. The waiting is a sign. The waiting is a sign, right? The greater the waiting, the greater the glory that is coming. Amen? Somebody say it. Greater glory. Greater glory, greater glory. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to end with this. I want to end with this. All right, I want to end with this. I want to give you two truths. Two truths that we, as we end, two truths about waiting on God, right? Or when it comes to waiting, sometimes we feel like God is delaying, right? It's like, oh, why does he keep delaying? Why does this not happen? Why does he keep delaying? So I want to tell you two truths about God's delay. Number one, the delay doesn't mean something bad right? Right? Most times, most times, it doesn't mean something bad. Now, there could be some cases, right? But for, for, for I, I would say probably for all of you who are watching right now, I would say this, the delay doesn't mean something bad, right? Because again, that's the temptation is to think, oh, maybe it's not happening because I don't pray enough. Maybe I'm not holy enough. Maybe I'm not good enough, right? So we think of the delay. We think of the waiting as rejection. We think of it as punishment. We think of it maybe as denial, Right? God has denied our request. So we think, oh, it's never going to happen. But that's a lie. Remember, God is working. God is preparing. Right? right? So the delay doesn't mean something bad. So get rid of that lie from the enemy. Don't let that lie torture you anymore. Stop living by that lie. Live by the gospel. Live by the Bible. See, this is God challenging your faith. See, he's using this. See, 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 when those thoughts come into your head, oh, this is rejection, that's why you're in the waiting, so that you can fight, fight those thoughts and begin to train your hands of war, train your faith to battle against those thoughts, right? To choose the truth over the lies, to choose God's truth over your feelings, right? That's what God is doing. He's developing you, he's growing you and, and uh, developing your faith to believe, right? The waiting is not a bad sign. It's a good sign. Amen. Number two, the second truth is this. God's promises, God's plans do not depend on the world's timing. Say that again. God's promises and God's plans do not depend on the world's timing. Right? So there's a world timing. There's a natural timing. Right? Right? Naturally. Right? We, we, we need this to happen by this time. Right? For example, having babies. Right? It's a very natural timing. A woman, right, by a certain time cannot have babies. Right? But notice again in the scriptures, there were times when the world or the natural timing was that a woman needs to have a baby by this certain age. But God says in Isaiah, tell the barren woman, tell the woman who naturally has missed her natural timing, tell the woman who is waiting, joy is coming. Tell her that she's going to be more fruitful than the, for the, than the women who already have babies. Right? And time and time again, we see that God blessed barren women because even though they missed the natural timing, they were waiting on God's timing. And they had babies even when it was too late. Even when it was too late, right? See, so again, God's timing is not the same timing as the world. God doesn't need the timing in the world to make his timing work, right? What may seem too soon to us is not too soon to God. What may seem too late for us is not too late for God. Amen? Right? So again, I want to say to somebody who's saying, oh, it's too soon. I'm not holy enough. God can't use me yet. No, 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 no. You think it's too soon. And God says, no, it's not too soon. This is my timing. My grace is sufficient for you. Amen? Some of you, uh, let, let me get a little practical, right? Like for some of you, some of you, I remember when I wanted to really just be a passionate Christian, right? I really wanted to be a joyful, passionate Christian, but I didn't think I was good enough yet. I didn't think I was holy enough yet. I didn't think I had the prayer life that qualified to be a good Christian. Uh, I only pray like five minutes a week. So until I can pray an hour a day, right? 
And what I mean is this, like I would go to church and I'd see people raising their hand and I'd be like, oh, I really want to do that because I really want to show God, I really want to praise God, but I wouldn't do it. You know why? 눈치 보고 있어, right? 눈치 보고 있어, right? I felt so self-conscious because why? Oh, you know, there's a movie that says, I know what you did last summer. It's like, no, no, I know what I did last night, right? I know what I, I know who I really, I know what I see in the mirror. I'm not holy. I'm not good. And so well, uh, it's too soon. It's too soon for me to lift my hands. It's too soon for me to be passionate about God. I need to be a better Christian before I start being a passionate Christian. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Be a passionate Christian because Jesus already loves you. Jesus is so good. You're not a passionate Christian because you're good. You're a passionate Christian because God is good. Right? Come on. So I want to set somebody free today, right? To be passionate, to be joyful in the Lord. Lift your hands in prayer if you want. Shout for joy. Dance in your house when nobody's looking. Amen? Right? Be that passionate Christian. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's for free. It's just a side note. It's for somebody who maybe needs to hear this right now. On the other side of it, it's not too late. It's not too late, right? Some of you, you may be like, it's too late. I missed my opportunity. I missed my chance. I'm too old or, or it's, it's been too long. No, it's, it's not too late. It's never too late with God. Amen? That's God. Amen. That's God. It's never too late. Never, never, never too late, right? You know, see, I think sometimes God does this because he wants to show himself. You know what I mean? Sometimes he chooses not to move or to do things by our timing or natural timing or the world timing because when it does happen, it proves that it was God. It just makes it so much more obvious that it was God. When Sarah was barren, right, it was too late by the world's timing because she was waiting on God's promise, right? When, it, when she had the baby, it was so obvious. We could see God's glory so clearly. Amen. When Lazarus, when Lazarus was sick, Jesus didn't come. They waited for Jesus to come. He didn't come. And then Lazarus died. And now we're thinking it's too late. Right? But then Jesus comes and he raises from the dead. And now everybody can clearly see even greater glory of God. They could see the greater glory of God. So what am I telling you? God has greater glory for you and it's never too late. Amen. It's never too late. You're never too old. It's never been too long. God has a plan. He has a timing. Keep waiting. Commit to God's waiting. Maybe some of you have never tried to wait on God. Now's the time. Now's the time to follow God's timing, to, to submit to God's timing, to ask for God to put His timing into your life so that you can see the greater glory of God, so that you can have a deeper relationship with Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you believe it, somebody say, God is good in the chat today. God is good. God is good. God's timing is good. Waiting on God is good. Can I read you this verse as we go? Let's do Psalm 27, verse 13 through 14. I want... You to make this your declaration. Make this your faith. Make this your personal statement in your life today. Psalm 27, verses 13 through 14. It says this. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Thanks for joining us today. 오늘 저희와 함께 해주셔서 감사합니다. Joyful City Church is an international church located in Ilsan that exists to make an impact in Korea and beyond. Joyful City 교회는 일산에 위치한 국제 교회로 한국과 전 세계에 영향력을 끼치기 위해 존재하는 교회입니다. Our mission is to help everybody taste and see that God is good. 저희의 미션은 모든 이들이 주님의 선하심을 맛보고 알도록 돕는 것입니다. So, whether you are a Korean or a foreigner, there's a community at our church for you. 여러분이 한국인이든 외국인이든 저희 교회에는 여러분을 위한 공동체가 있습니다. We would love for you to come visit us and give us a chance to make you feel at home. 그러니 꼭 오셔서 가족과 같은 공동체를 누려보세요. For information about our service time and directions, visit our website at joyfulcity.org. 예배 시간이나 주소 등더 많은 정보가 알고 싶으시다면 저희 웹사이트에서 확인하실 수 있습니다. 웹사이트 주소는 joyfulcity.org입니다. Thanks again and hope to see you soon. 다시 한번 감사드리고요. 곧 만나뵐 수 있기를 바래요.